0: Welcome to The Read Along,
1: a mini book club for your ears.
0: I'm your host Scott.
1: I'm your other host, Anita.
0: And join us on a journey through a good book,
1: one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time.
0: time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do. And you can listen to me, Scottsy Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts, Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. Planning a little kid birthday party is both easy and complicated. (laughs) Yeah, that tracks. Because on the one hand, it's very easy to please someone who's about to turn four. Yeah. But on the other hand, they don't have a lot of their own like very specific niche wants or needs yet.
1: At least ours doesn't.
0: Yeah, so it's like you ask her, hey, what do you want to do for your birthday? And she's just like, cupcakes.
1: And you're like, okay, I'll just fill in the blanks then.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. So that's kind of what we've been dealing with for the last week, because uh, we're we're about two weeks out as of recording. Yes. From uh, a fourth birthday party that we're loosely planning. Yes. Yeah, it's not going to be anything extravagant.
1: No, <laughs> she's four. Extravagant is not worth necessary. It? Necessary? Worth yeah. it? I don't know if that's the right term for it. And
0: again, she's very easy to please. We'll invite over some of her friends. They'll have a couple hours to play. There will be cupcakes. She'll be pleased as
1: punch. Yep. I'll blow up some balloons. Oh my goodness, balloons. Yep.
0: It'll be the best.
1: Everything will be great.
0: Yeah. So uh, yeah, again, that's kind of where we're at for the last couple days.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Parents planning a birthday party. Yep. Woo. Also reading a book.
0: Also reading a book. Uh, But before we get into... Our latest chapter, a brief recap of chapter five of our novel, in which the team figures out uh, an ingenious way to transport Theodore without him blowing every fuse in the neighborhood, and then make their way to the mayoral offices to meet with the nightmare himself, who then dissembles at them for several minutes.
1: Right? But Weird.
0: also hires them for the job
1: <laughs> yes. of
0: discreetly investigating the murder of one Edward Custer. And that leads us into chapter six of The Undetectables by Courtney Smith. Before we really get into the meat of this chapter, one thing that we uh, discussed after we had recorded.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it always happens.
0: Nita was mentioning that she found the previous chapter a little hard to follow, and I had countered with, I believe that that was our author's intention because Mallory is our point of view character. She's having a bad day.
1: Yeah, it didn't start out great.
0: Everything's out of sorts and everything's happening very quickly. And they're in a situation with a person who's not talking straight at them. And so everything was very scattered and chaotic in the chapter because, again, our focal character is not in the right headspace for what's going on. And so I I felt that that was an intentional choice by Courtney Smith.
1: Which genuinely makes sense.
0: Yeah, that that's what they were trying to convey.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I, I don't feel that was a failure of the writing. I actually felt that that enhanced my mise-en-scene, as it
1: were. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, the good news is uh, this chapter made more sense.
0: Much more straightforward, <laughs> yes. yeah. Because now that they've got the job, they kind of have a direction. Yeah. This is a better day for Mallory as well.
1: It Yes, even though she's had very little sleep.
0: Apparently they managed to catch about four hours of sleep.
1: <laughs> which is bonkers.
0: I mean, they're young 20-somethings.
1: But it meant that they met the nightmare very much in the middle of the night, which was much later than I thought it was when I read that chapter.
0: Oh, no, I I gleaned that it was pretty late when they went to see The Nightmare.
1: Okay. (laughs) I I didn't glean that it was that late. I pictured, like, evening, not...
0: Middle of the night. Not
1: wee hours, right?
0: Well, and to be fair, when they got back, they probably didn't immediately crash. They probably discussed some stuff and were pretty, like, keyed up from getting the job. So it might have been a couple hours before everyone even settled down to sleep,
1: too. I suppose.
0: Either way, the Nightmare has pulled some strings and arranged for them to be able to go and observe the autopsy of Edward Custer. Yes.
1: Under the pretense of a lie.
0: Yeah. In order... Well, because they're not, quote-unquote, officially investigating, wink...
1: Right. It has to be super secret.
0: They've concocted a lie. Well, no, let's rephrase that. Jacob. Jacob. <laughs> on the fly, when pressed, who are these people? Concocted a lie that they're med students.
1: Yes. Here to observe an autopsy.
0: Yes. The good news is Mallory and Courtney are both like, oh, yeah, we can totally run with that. They have yeah. this.
1: They're like, we got this.
0: They have this down. So good at lying. <laughs> yeah. The decision was also made that they divide and conquer a little bit. So, it
1: turns out to be smart, I think.
0: Yeah. Diana's actually gone to go and take a look at the crime scene this morning while they're off autopsying. Yes. With the idea being that maybe something was missed and it might be a good idea to just get a firsthand view of what was going on there. Yep. So there's a a few textual messages back and forth between the team members.
1: Oh, my God. I loved these text messages. They were, I don't know why, maybe it just, just struck my funny bone. It was so funny to me, them texting back and forth.
0: I liked how realistic the texting was.
1: I think that's why it was so funny.
0: Like, it's very much the kind of shorthand that friends have when they're texting one another. Yep. At one point, she's clearly, like, texting one-handed while distracted, so her (laughs) words are coming out wrong.
1: Lack of spaces, things are spelled wrong. Yep. Doesn't matter. She's in a hurry. I just, I thought it was funny. I thought the whole thing was funny and it was great.
0: So before they head into the autopsy and they arrive late, notably, only a few minutes late, but they're like, "Uh, we probably should have been punctual. Turns out, yeah, they probably should have been. Yeah. Because of the specific medical examiner in question.
1: In their defense, Jacob was slightly later and they couldn't have gotten in without him. It's true. So even though they were two minutes late to their nine o'clock sharp appointment, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. They could have shown up. At 8.58, Jacob wasn't there in time to let them them in, in so it's not their fault.
0: Diana, meantime, is texting them to let them know that the crime scene is still cordoned off, and the good news is there doesn't immediately appear to be any police around. That very quickly changes. Yes. Somebody notices her snooping around and starts asking questions. Just to kind of truncate Diana's plot in this particular (laughs) chapter, she manages to fast-talk her way past the police.
1: Which... I loved.
0: But we don't find that out until the end of the autopsy because they can't exactly check their phones during the autopsy. Right. Um, And they're both a little anxious about what's going on with Diana so, until they get that reassurance.
1: Let's talk a moment about why they can't check their phones during this autopsy.
0: Yeah, so they meet a very strict medical examiner.
1: Oh, she's a delight.
0: And they get off on the wrong foot with her as well because That's why they're it's because they're 2 minutes late to the autopsy and she is <laughs> having none of it. She's not happy that they're there, but she's willing to accept that they're there because the nightmares pulled some strings to get them there. She Clearly doesn't fully buy that they're med students, but isn't curious enough to really dig any deeper than that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, isn't going to care that hard. So her name is Dr. Ray, and she is the very epitome of no nonsense. Yeah. Right? Right. She, They walk in, they don't breathe a word to her, and she has a lecture prepared for them yep. about what they can and cannot do, what they will and will not say, and anything breathing wrong. They will be ejected from the room.
0: Cornelia is instantly like, just like, I love this woman. She's
1: like, I, I love this woman.
0: And Dr. Ray's response is, any further declarations of love to me will also get you ejected from the room.
1: <laughs> ah, the best. Loved it. It was great. Uh,
0: her assistant is also one of Diana's exes.
1: So it's probably for the best that Diana isn't there right now. That might
0: be why Diana came up with an excuse not to be there, actually.
1: I don't know. Did they know she was going to be there?
0: They might not have, but Diana may have. I uh, Maybe? It's possible that Diana volunteered for other business because she knew one of her exes might be around.
1: I'll grant you it's possible.
0: And from what we understand, it was a medium breakup. Yes. Not a bad one. But not a great
1: one. I don't know exactly what a medium breakup entails.
0: It wasn't like throwing your stuff out <laughs> on the front lawn breakup, but it was not
1: great. It wasn't like they didn't part with a handshake either. Yeah. I get it. There I were, still think it was luck. I think they Hercules. got super lucky here.
0: Now, the thing about the autopsy, which is intriguing to me, is that we don't really learn too much new. We get really more confirmation about stuff we already kind of knew kind of. One of the things that we do learn is about the, the rune or sigil that is carved on Custer's chest. Yes. Which apparently has some sort of psychedelic effect.
1: Yeah. Um, they're warned at the beginning not to look at it too hard.
0: Yeah, because when Mallory glances at it, like her vision starts to swim.
1: Yeah, right? Things get weird.
0: And even looking at a picture, like a photograph of his body later on, the sigil still has power through the photograph. Because even Cornelia is like, oh my God. Yeah, It's some sort of potent occult thing, and it, if nothing else, is proof positive that the murder had to have been committed by someone from the occulture. Oh, yeah. Because an apparent wouldn't have been able to draw a magical sigil on someone.
1: No, not like that, certainly. Yeah. Which just confirms something that we already knew. Yeah. Right? So...
0: But it also gives us a little more texture because we were we were informed previous chapter that he had something carved into him post-mortem.
1: Yeah, but we didn't know what.
0: The other thing that's continuing to baffle everybody is how well-preserved the body is.
1: Yes, this is a really big deal, I think.
0: Like, he, he looks fresh dead. Yeah. And he's been dead for at least days, maybe weeks.
1: Well, according to the evidence in the room, mm-hmm. right? This is information we get from the doctor. The evidence in the room points to the death being approximately a week ago. But rigor mortis has not set in. There were no insects in the room, which which,
0: made Cornelia ping. Right? Which
1: sets her up. And he's, yeah, freshly dead. Yeah, he looks freshly new. Right? So either the evidence in the room is wrong, or more likely, considering this book, something is afoot.
0: Magic is afoot.
1: Yes, exactly. A wizard did it. (laughs) Speaking of
0: wizard did it, as the autopsy starts to wrap up, Cornelia's like, I have magic bugs I want to (laughs) use.
1: I loved this bit so much because she genuinely floors this doctor.
0: Well, and her, partly because of her excitement. Yes. Like she just, she can't help but over explain it. Like it just comes all tumbling out of her. And Dr. Ray doesn't stop her because it's at least fascinating enough that Dr. Ray is just like, go on.
1: I I just imagine, (laughs) I imagine this doctor staring at her. Just with this, like, stern, blank expression on her face.
0: But she's not stopping her. So Cornelia takes that as the invitation to continue. Yeah, and she
1: just keeps going. And the doctor's like, all right, then. Yeah. (laughs) Like,
0: Like, he's already dead and we're finished the autopsy, so whatever.
1: Yeah. She's (laughs) like, I'm done my bit. Sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so Cornelia pulls out these two, like, magic beetles that are magic sensitive, basically.
1: Yeah, which is neat. When
0: they pick up on latent magical energy, they light up like a like a glow bug. Yeah, they, and they make
1: they they change color.
0: And they make a squeeze.
1: And they make this yeah, this little like squealy noise.
0: And so she puts them on the body and they basically immediately go off. Yeah. Which means that this body is just like
1: full of magic. Full of magic.
0: <laughs> which surprises even Cornelia in this moment because she was expecting a reaction. But she wasn't expecting that immediate and strong
1: yeah, reaction. Yeah. Right?
0: So that's very interesting to her.
1: This was this was more like, we're pretty sure this is magic. We're just going to confirm magic. And then it confirms so hard yeah, that it, she's like, what the?
0: It confirms like super magic.
1: Yeah, exactly. Crazy powerful magic.
0: Well, we mm. surmise there must be some sort of ritual at work. Maybe. So that kind of makes sense. And if you are trying to enact a ritual, and it does involve murders that then also have symbols carved onto the bodies, it makes sense to me that you'd want those bodies to last until you complete the ritual.
1: That makes sense.
0: So, hence, some sort of magic to preserve the corpse as well.
1: Yep. It makes sense. And, and
0: we know that it's a serial killer, because the blurb on the back of the book.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we know this.
0: So, mm-hmm. yeah. Makes sense to me. Some sort of occult ritual at work. Yep. We just don't know <laughs> what for, and we don't know how or if it ties back to Theodore's murder.
1: Indeed. So, a couple things that we've not covered. That particular sigil flashes something almost deja vu-esque in Mallory. It's like it's yeah. familiar to her, right? She's like I've seen this before. Yes,
0: there's something about it that's kind of like touching a memory. Yeah. But right. she can't quite place it. And that might be because she can't quite look at it.
1: Yeah, that if could she, be it.
0: If she could get a clearer look, it might actually trigger the memory, but
1: I have I have a crazy theory. Sure. Theodore I think maybe it's familiar to her because of Theodore.
0: Well, if the murders are linked, then yes, that would track.
1: Right, that's my guess.
0: Well, because he did have a burn on his hand, exactly. it's possible that the burn was in a—that's in a symbol shape. That's right?
1: what I was thinking. Have you ever seen something so often that it just hides in plain sight? Yeah. Right. I think maybe that's what it is. I think maybe, maybe she knows it because of Theodore, and just because she sees him all the time, it's just a plain sight thing to her, and it doesn't. Hasn't clicked. That's possible. That's my guess. Also, I have some questions. Sure. (laughs) This chapter has left me with questions. Because we basically end just outside the autopsy. Yes. Right? It ends. They They, meet Jacob in the hallway. They leave.
0: They leave. They confirm that Diana's fine and maybe found something interesting at the scene. Yep. And that's kind of where we wrap up.
1: Exactly. So, speaking of Theodore, what's he up to right now? Because obviously they went back to the mansion to rest. They would have let him out of the witch light
0: unless they forgot him in the witch light.
1: I don't think they would do that. No, they wouldn't. My guess is
0: my guess is he's probably at work because it is a work day.
1: Yeah, unless he's super keen on this investigation and they've got him doing something.
0: They don't specify they have him doing something off the top. My my guess is he has a regular work day and that they'll catch him up later. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Maybe. Because again, he's the one of them who has an actual <laughs> job. An
1: actual job. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, second thing, we didn't talk about this at the beginning. Maybe we should have. The chapter started with a countdown to Sam Samhain.
0: Yeah, we're currently, at the start of this chapter, eight days to Sam Samhain. And it makes sense to me that if you're invoking some sort of occult ritual, you want it to climax at a time when the stars are right and the planets are in conjunction and the, the walls between worlds are at their thinnest. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Samhain seems like as good a time as any to try to... Fulfill your ritual Great. quota.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, if they just wanted us to know when we were, they would have said Thursday. Yeah, but, uh, but Sam Samhain no, clearly figures yeah, into it. We are counting down, so yeah. that's important.
0: Well, and if it ties back to Theodore, then, I mean, he was also murdered on Sam Samhain.
1: It's true, but he was murdered on Sam Samhain, and there were no other murders before him.
0: That we know of.
1: That we know of. Interesting. And let's, and let's
0: remember that the police in this world apparently like to find good excuses not to really look that deep into <laughs> occult murders and yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay, that's so.
1: fair.
0: <clears throat> but at any rate, maybe we'll learn what Diana found out.
1: I hope so, because yeah. I have a lot of questions about what happened to Diana. Yeah. But those aren't, like, loose, plotty questions, because I expect those will come at us in the next chapter when they've regrouped.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's what I'm expecting will happen as we move into Chapter 7 of our novel. Which you'll want to read up on in time for next week. In the meantime, of course, as always, you can give us a little rating and review because that helps us out.
1: Always appreciate those. Yeah,
0: you can also get a hold of us via social media.
1: Yes, we are on X, formerly Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Goodreads, and Blue Sky. We are at the Read Along on most of those. Yeah.
0: You can also send us an email.
1: Absolutely. We are thereadalong at gmail.com.
0: And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time.
1: She gave off like a sexy, stern, hot doctor vibe, right?
0: Thank you for joining us on the read-along with your hosts anita and scott bourgeois all read-along music is by kevin McLeod at incompetech.com cover art is by aaron beaver be sure to join us on twitter instagram and facebook at the read-along and check out our group on goodreads.com